Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 61st edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is a new dawn for the Association of eDiscovery Specialists. We're delighted to welcome today as today's guest, eDiscovery veteran, Mary Mack, who has just been named the executive director of ACIDS, Prior to joining ACIDS, Mary most recently served in a leadership role for Xilab, a global provider of e-discovery and intelligent information governance software. Before that, she was with Fios Incorporated, a provider of e-discovery services to Fortune 1000 corporations and major law firms. Thanks for joining us today, Mary. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Sharon. I am honored to be here. So let's start with a little bit of the history of ACIDS. There was frankly a time when we weren't real big fans, but as the title of this podcast suggests, it does seem to us that ACIDS has been moving in a different direction, and we are indeed witnessing a new dawn for the organization. Uh, what are your thoughts about all this, Mary? Well, well, Sharon, I hear you on the history of ACIDS, and prior to taking the position when it was offered, I made sure that the bridges that were broken could be rebuilt and apologies be made to some folks that uh, had been hurt by the former uh, ownership of ACEDS. So in a nutshell, ACEDS was owned by, by one individual who I would say had uh, sharp elbows and in our legal vertical, especially with uh, the litigation focus, we can either have uh, sharp elbows and scorched earth or we can have, as uh, Richard Brayman, the late Richard Brayman championed, we can have cooperation. And I think we're pretty unusual in the, in the legal community around the ethic of cooperation and collaboration. Well, the former owner did not do that and ended up hurting some very beloved uh, people in the, uh, in the community. And so prior to taking the uh, the position, I made sure that the new owners, Barbary, who many of us are Barbary alum from uh, taking their bar exam uh, courses and having that help us get our licenses, after Barbary purchased ACEDS, uh, there was some litigation. It's all settled, and I'm coming in and shifting the focus from being sharp-elbowed and sharp-penned and investigatory to being more of a member-focused uh, and community-focused and collaborative organization. Well, we certainly uh, appreciate that direction. That's a good one to go in. Yeah, well, I, th I think they started well by putting you in charge there, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You'll hear more on that as I have permission to publicly apologize um, mm -hmm. from individuals involved in, in the past. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. appreciate your, your support. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about why certification is important to the e-discovery professionals, and can attorneys actually be certified ethically? Certified or certifiable? <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's take the attorney one first, and of course, attorneys can be certified. The question is more for their for their individual bar membership as to how they can market 
their certification and holding themselves out as as specialists. And we're we're looking very closely at how we can serve attorneys, and then also provide them a way to do that that doesn't run afoul of the of the various bar requirements. Uh, but why it's important for e-discovery professionals, attorneys included, is that this is a field that's beginning to mature. And as, as it matures, there are so many people entering with various levels of expertise in different domains. You know, the people might come in from IT or from, uh, from paralegal or attorneys themselves. And to get a, a vendor-neutral grounding in what the e-discovery process is and what I would call the functional requirements of e-discovery, and some of that moves into legal and some of it's more process and some of it's more technology, but to have an independent body uh, give a proctored test and, and certify that uh, and then also certify the level, the number of years of experience, much like the the uh, CISSP model, where you don't just take a test, you also have an, an experience level. That will give hiring managers and also um, uh, insurance underwriters uh, a comfort level that there's a level of expertise in an organization. And uh, I think the way that things are shaking out in the e-discovery world and in the legal world, I think it's important to to validate the experience that people have, have um, very hard-won experience in this in this community. Well, I guess the phrase everybody is using is uh, what's trending now. So what's trending in e-discovery certification and training, Mary? Well, there are courses popping up all over the place for people uh, at the at the university and the even the community college level. There are whole companies that are focused on training. Uh, we have some some longtime folks in the community that have have offered uh, training. Ralph Losey's uh, one of them. Mike Arkfeld uh, is a, is another one of them. And what we're seeing is oh, and Sherry Estrin with uh, OLP, of course. And what we're seeing, what I saw, what just really, I was quite surprised when I joined on Monday, is the number of teams that are certifying, that you know, six, eight people are all going through the training and all getting the certification, uh, which is just amazing to me. So the next trend forward will be updating for the new federal rules, the 2015 rules, so that the test tracks along that. And... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so what about other training, Mary? Do you see anything else that would potentially be necessary or, or helpful? Well, I've been out speaking uh, over the last year about uh, the concept of e-discovery and. So not e-discovery or privacy or forensics, but e-discovery and forensics, uh, e-discovery and information governance. So I'm I'm thinking about trainings as fundamental is uh, what Casey Flaherty's doing around getting attorneys up to speed on the functions of Microsoft Office that lend itself to legal practice. And that spills into e-discovery as well, being able to put together the, um, the Excel budgets, for example, uh, in a court-consumable way. Very, very helpful. Dan Katz has got the uh, his program that he moved from Michigan into Chicago, where uh, he's training people on R uh, to be able to do some 
some work there. So in forensics, of course, John, I mean, everybody, I feel like everybody should be certified in forensics. <laughs> um, and in privacy and security, too, the, the project management, I think it's e-discovery and all these things. Oh, geez, I guess my CISSP and my uh, forensic certifications are going to help me then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty soon you're going to make it, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're pretty sure that you agree with us that law students need to be taught about e-discovery, and it's been our view over the years that most law schools are doing a pretty lousy job with this. Uh, I know we lectured down in UVA, and they brought uh, John Tredenick out uh, with us as guests, uh, and he was there for... I I think it was two weeks, and that was the extent of the e-discovery training. Are the law schools getting any better, and do you have any suggestions for them? I think some of them are, and they're in the early adopter mode where, where you actually have somebody who uh, they're bringing in uh, people who have industry expertise to some of them to to do more like a, like a continuing ed CLE for their alumni, and some are actually teaching teaching the law students. But I remember uh, having one of the, the greatest civil procedure uh, professors on the history of Earth, Marty Reddish, very energetic civil pro teacher, and having my eyeballs just roll back in my head during civil procedure. And I think that e-discovery brings civil procedure alive. So there's an opportunity for law schools to, to teach this with, um, with some hands-on component that perhaps in conjunction with the clinics that they have, but they're not doing a good job now. Uh, no, I think it was, I think Kroll had a study where 129 out of 100, 178 had nothing. Uh, and that's, uh, that's abysmal in my, in my view. And uh, we have a curriculum. Others have curriculums like, um, you know, like Mike's and Georgetown's. And so there are curriculum, uh, curricula that exist. And I think that graduating the uh, the young lawyers without this uh, knowledge is not wise in this market. So Mary, give us your thoughts about some of the state bars I know are they've adopted the ABA's model rule 1.1 discussing the technical competence. I think 14 of them have done that so far. It it seems to me it's been a little bit on the slow side, but what are your thoughts about that about the bars trying to change their rules so that the uh, the attorneys are are technically competent? Well, I wish it wasn't necessary. I wish it could just be competence and technical would be included, uh, but we, all, we I think we know that it isn't. And so having having those rules, I think, will increase the number of attorneys that actually uh, spend the time to get up to speed on, on uh, e-discovery as well as other technical issues. And I mentioned earlier about insurance underwriters. I think that as the state bars do this, they're putting a like a negligence standard in uh, that it's just expected. I mean, that's, that's the normal, the normal thing to do is to be technically competent or to reach out to those who have that expertise. I mean, nobody needs to be a brain surgeon, but if you have a case or, you know, where there's brain surgery, you bring in an expert. And I think that that will increase the demand certainly for for people in our community who have the expertise to help those that don't because now they have a real reason their bar license is on the line it's not as forgiving i don't think in those 14 state bars as it was in 2006 when they're like oh well you know the old time lawyers we're just, we're not going to discipline them or anything else like that we're just going to let them do whatever they want um i don't think that's happening anymore 
Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Well, this is normally the spot in our show where we hear words from our sponsors. This potentially represents a unique opportunity for you. Digital Detectives is seeking sponsors. You can hear your advertisement right here. If you're interested, contact the team at Legal Talk Network at info at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is a new dawn for the Association of E-Discovery Specialists. Our guest is Mary Mack, who has just been named the Executive Director of ACIDS. Well, Mary, I, I'm, I know our listeners would really like to hear about what, what does the ACIDS certification test cover? And is it really too difficult? Is it fairly easy or... Kind of give us a feel for that? Uh, sure, sure. The test covers information governance through, um, uh, through production of the EDRM model. Uh, it covers some of the key cases that inform how we do e-discovery, as I referred to earlier, like the functional requirements of e-discovery. And whether or not it's too easy, I know that folks that have several years of experience studied very hard for the exam, and they didn't, most of them, I would say, did not think it was too easy, although I have had some people who've been around for quite a while who, um, you know, really know their stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, it was just a great test. So uh, we're continually evolving the test, and uh, we're in a beta now for the new test questions that are that are coming up, and then the next iteration will be for the changes around the 2015 rules. So tell us why you would stop your hands-on work with clients to move in, into education. That's an interesting question. Well, well, Sharon, the two companies I worked with, Fios and Zylab, were both uh, wonderful e-discovery community citizens and allowed me to collaborate across across lines. But then there are some things you just you just can't do when you're in a service provider or a software position. And the the ACEDS uh, opportunity came to me and I thought at this point in the legal profession where we're thinking about multidisciplinary practice, where we're thinking about having different ownership structures like they have in, in England and licensing um, other professionals, other what they call the pejorative non-lawyer uh, folks to do legal functions. That this was a this was an opportunity for me to contribute, and I believe that people like yourself and uh, and John, your your partnership, and then the the legal and technical people uh, that have that understanding of both technology and the functional requirements of legal, as we develop algorithms, as we develop. Um, platforms like a, like a Facebook or a Google, we will be informing what used to be informed by attorneys making law. We'll be making information structures and information flows and processes. And I think it's a, it's a very critical time for our country, for our profession. And this was a platform that would allow me to contribute in that way. Hmm. Well, Mary, can someone take the test without any e-discovery experience, or is that pretty much one of the requirements? Well, it, to be certified, you need two years of, of experience, uh, and your credential, uh, the CISIP credential certainly is one of those types of experience, but uh, validated by, by others 
uh, validated by your peers to be certified. And to take the test, there's training to take the test. But in my experience, people need need a grounding in e-discovery before they'll be able to pass that test. Well, we certainly thank you for sharing your thoughts about ACIDS today and the new direction it's taking, which we certainly like very much. We wish you well in the new job, Mary. We've always liked one another, and I'm very happy to see someone of your stature and integrity at the head of ACIDS. So I think ACIDS has a very rosy future with you at the helm. Well, thank you, Sharon. I very, very much appreciate that, and I appreciate being on this wonderful show. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. If you enjoy this podcast, please review us on iTunes. And you can find out more about Sensei's Digital Forensics, Technology, and Security Services at SENSEIENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.